0: Hi everyone, thanks for joining me. I'm Robin Glickstein of Mindful Conversations, and today we're having a conversation with my friend, Nancy Sharp. Nancy is a nationally recognized speaker and trainer on resilience and making bold change. Nancy never set out to change people's lives, but on the day she delivered premature twins, she and her beloved husband learned his brain cancer returned after 18 months in remission. In plain spoken language, Nancy tells us her story in her prize-winning memoir, Both Sides Now, a true story of love, loss, and bold living, a portrait of the surprising turns life takes and the resilience it takes to keep stepping forward. I had the honor of narrating Nancy's book and getting to know her. And lucky for many, she's now adding certified instructor in guided autobiography to her long list of accomplishments and drawing upon her unforgettable story. Along with proven research and customized practical tools, she helps individuals, teams, and organizations push beyond disruption and adversity toward growth and change. Please welcome Nancy to our mindful conversation. Hi, Nancy.
1: Hi, Robin. Thank you so much for that beautiful
0: introduction. Oh, Nancy, I'm so honored to talk to you today. We've had so many mindful conversations about life. We have. Many. I know. And I've been really lucky enough to get to know you. Same. For our listeners who haven't met you yet, Nance, can you say a little bit about, let's say, if we were hanging out together at a cocktail party and someone asked you about yourself, what would you tell them? Wow. Wow. That is an interesting question.
1: I would um, probably ask them about themselves before I talked about myself, because I love people and I love to engage with other people. So I might um, just, you know, start asking questions. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about what you love. If somebody then said, well, how about you? What do you love? I would say I love people. I love uh, connecting people. I love helping people to uh, think outside the box and to reframe the possibilities in life. Um, and uh, I also love in sort of more more tactile, immediate ways. I love to cook. I've been passionate about food um, for as long as I can remember, and it brings me great solace and joy. Uh, I love to read. I love to walk with friends, especially. And in the last few years, I've really uh, fallen in love with meditation and also
0: with listening to books on tape. Mm. So one of the things you mentioned, which we've talked a lot about, and I think that you have inspired me and taught me about, is the word reframe. So how does reframing fit in to who you are, and your life story. Well, you know,
1: being widowed at such a young age uh, was uh, a very, very difficult experience. It would have been difficult without the stigma of the word widow attached to it. But for me, I somehow had a very difficult time with that word itself. And I let that word widow... um, define me. It really overshadowed everything else that made me me. And um, I allowed it to do that for years. And it wasn't until I learned that, you know what, I'm actually really holding myself back. How am I going to move forward in life if I continue to hang on to this old label? So when I I saw that and you know, there's uh, a phrase in both sides now, seeing takes time. That is so true. It took me time to see that I was not serving myself uh, or my children, quite frankly, by holding on to that kind of a damning label. It was true that I was widowed, but I was also a writer. I was also a great friend, a loving daughter. I was also so many other things. So that is an example of a reframe. And that's the kind of thing that I, I help other people in, in groups to reframe uh, their own challenges because no matter what circumstances uh, happen to us or the circumstances that don't happen for us, right? Maybe something we're yearning or we're longing for that, that we can't attain. It just doesn't happen for us. And so we might make up a story, Right, that well, I'm just not lucky, or I'm just not good with money, or I'm just not, you know, like so mm-hmm. and so has it easy. We can go down that path, and until we learn to reframe and to change the narrative and change the frequency, um, you know, it's a really
0: powerful tool for building mm. resilience. Mm. Wow. Already, see, I've taken something away from that, thinking about my own experiences. So, wow, Nance, um, as we've talked about the podcast, I've called it Mindful Conversations because my mind is so full of so many things I've heard or read or seen. And I'm wondering, what's one thing you've heard, read or seen, that's impacted where you are today? Hmm.
1: Well, I'm, gee, I'm not sure that. There's one thing, um, because like you, my mind is always full and brimming. And I feel in many ways, I'm always soaking up, um, I'm always soaking up uh, wisdom in however I can get it. Mm. Uh, You know, I mean, that's how I came up with the title for the book, Both Sides Now. I just Mm -hmm. happened to be listening to the Joni Mitchell song, um, Mm -hmm. of course, where the book is drawn from. And I heard a lesson. Uh, you know, I'm working on an article right now uh, for a national magazine, and I started talking about um, uh, something that came to me when I decided to leave New York City for Colorado. And it was the saying, if not now, when? And I don't remember which famous person first said that, Um It might have been a rabbi. It might have been um, a more secular figure. But what I know is that that wisdom uh, has guided me in many ways throughout Mm. my life. And it continues to guide me today every time I feel a little bit afraid to do something. Mm. I ask myself that question because it it reminds me to get out of the past and to
0: step forward. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Oh, my gosh, Nancy. Um, so, like you, like me and you, you know, as we just said, your mind is so full of stuff. Yes. <laughs> What's your mind currently full of?
1: My mind is currently full because I have just decided that as we hopefully, hopefully, hopefully begin to uh, reemerge from these long few years with COVID-19, I have so many students around the country who I have been working with through guided autobiography. And Mm. um, my students uh, don't know each other for the most part. I don't know most of my students because I've been teaching via Zoom, which really has been extraordinary because it allows me to work with people from all diverse backgrounds. And similarly, the groups then get to come together and they meet people and they build community. So, um my students have built such incredible connections that they've developed sort of a love fest. I don't know another ah. word. It's really very dear. And um, they've asked me to provide opportunities to bring them together. So I am in the midst of planning some storytelling retreats. I call them creativity retreats because I don't want people to be daunted by the word writing or storytelling. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm very exciting and my mind is very full right now because I'm planning a uh, a trip to Spain, to Barcelona Ooh. and Costa Brava. Uh, so I'm calling it a creativity retreat and it's going to be a marvelous six day curated experience where um, the theme is actually joy of life. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's a theme that we can all get behind. And Mm -hmm. we can find look at ways to um, have a wonderful travel adventure, eat some delicious food, learn about some delicious food, drink some Mm -hmm. delicious wine, and to tell some stories at the (sighs) same time.
0: Oh my gosh. And so in the beginning of our conversation, you talked about how you have this love of food. And in both sides now, I think I've mentioned to you on several occasions, yeah. you describe some dishes you make that I'm like, Nancy, can you make that for me? <laughs> it Not only the way you write, but the way you um, are thoughtful about how food fits into life. So I can only imagine how this trip is going to integrate all of these amazing pieces. but Can we back to the beginning and can sure. you share with me and help us understand a little bit about what exactly is guided autobiography and mm-hmm. why would somebody be interested in it?
1: Right. Well, Guided Autobiography is actually a curriculum that was developed in the 1970s by a well-known psychologist and gerontologist at uh, USC who was at the time doing research to help seniors make meaning, build connection, feel a greater sense of optimism about their lives, and to be able to tell the stories of their lives in two pages at a time. So it has been used all over the world in the decades since and is used for audiences young and old. Uh, so it is not just for seniors. I have students who are in their 30s, as a matter of fact, and a lot of the groups are multi generational. So the way it works is people come together. Uh, again, I teach mostly over Zoom and I actually really like it and my students love it. Uh, it is Very different than any kind of Zoom meeting that people are finding themselves exhausted by. This is really engaging. So we come together once a week for eight weeks and uh, we reflect on universal life themes. Like Mm -hmm. talk about a moment where your life took a turn right? A branching point moment. doesn't have to be a turn for the worse. It could be a turn for the better. It could mm-hmm. be something big, like when I decided to move from New York City to Colorado, or it could be something small, like a conversation I had with a friend that gave me a, a whole new direction for my business. Mm. We talk about family, we talk about health, It's really, really rich and you do not need any writing experience. This is more of a storytelling experience, but it is a really transformative, empowering chance for people to just reflect on their lives. And, you know, coming out of the pandemic this time, um, I think one of the silver lining moments about the pandemic, if I can say that, is I think we're all being much more reflective and intentional about what Mm. really matters to us. Mm -hmm. And when we can tell our stories, uh, we also cultivate resilience because we begin to own our stories. Sometimes we have to reframe those stories like we've been talking about, but Uh other times just telling them is so important for our own well-being. And a lot of my students... They want to pass on these stories to their loved ones as legacies.
0: Nancy, can you say, can you define resilience for us? And how does storytelling fit in with resilience?
1: Well, I decide, I define resilience as um, learning to integrate the lessons and the losses in order to transcend challenges. So it is not just about bouncing back. That is far too um, that is far too shallow a definition. Resilience is a lot more nuanced. It really has more to do with understanding uh, what it is you need to learn from an experience, mm. integrating those lessons and um and pushing forward. I don't want to say pushing past because pushing past <laughs> implies you just go forward. It's like, you know, it's not about climbing the mountain. It's about sort of bringing the lessons with you, bringing the luggage, the bags, everything with you, the wisdom to the top of the mountain at the same time. So resilience and storytelling. Is that, is that, was that your question? Storytelling, right? When we own our stories, we own our lives.
0: Wow. There's our quote for the day, everyone. When we own our stories, we own our lives. Right. When we're done. I'm definitely going to click the link and sign up. Wow. There is, there's a lot in there that I, it sounds so helpful. And as we learn to tell our stories, we learn, you know, how to, how to take the lessons. How to take the the
1: lessons, how to live more mindfully. Yeah, That's really, you know, apropos to what you do. When we tell our stories, we own our lives and we live much more mindfully.
0: Oh, wow. What a way to tie it in. Thank you, Nancy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So um, the first story that we touched on that you told was Both Sides Now. And now you're teaching folks how to tell their stories.
1: I actually want to say something on that note, though, because – even though the word guided autobiography, it sounds like a book, people are not actually writing books about their lives. They can if they choose to. They're just writing autobiographically. So
0: what's um, the difference?
1: Well, the difference is they're not most people are not coming to write the story of their life. They're coming to reflect on their lives by writing short snippets about their lives, right, through these various themes in guided autobiography. But they aren't necessarily wanting to write a published memoir or an actual autobiography. They're writing personal narratives, they're reflecting, but most people are not actually coming to uh, work with me because they want to write a book.
0: uh Aha. And so you wrote a book first and then came to guided autobiography. Is that accurate?
1: Yes. I wrote a book okay. and I got my Master of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction. Mm-hmm. My first book was published. I published a second book. I've been a book coach for other kinds of books. I've been a keynote speaker and done all kinds of freelance writing. And then I became certified as a guided instru- as a, a certified instructor in guided autobiography uh, in
0: 2019. Okay. And if there was one thing that you think people would take away, after having taken your guided autobiography class, what might something like that be for them? What could they look forward to? Um, They could
1: look forward to a really rich, meaningful, interesting uh, experience. My students uh, say, they give me feedback. They share feedback like, this has totally changed my life. Mm. Because of this experience, I actually know who I am. Mm. Because of this experience, I found my voice again. Oh, finding our voice. Thing. This is the best thing I've ever done for myself. It okay. is a wonderful, wonderful experience. I consider myself so lucky to be, yeah. um, to be a guide and a muse for people looking at ways to touch down on their stories. You know, I'm working with a student now who, um, uh, who is a, whose parents were, well, he's a second generation Holocaust survivor. And, and, and his whole life, he's in his 70s now, but his whole life still has been shaped by the losses that, 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 his fam- that impacted his family he said to me that he has spent most of his life running from Mm. the very stories that I'm now helping him to address. And he's finally ready to look at it because he's tired of running and he needs to feel a greater
0: sense of peace with his story. Wow. Wow. So powerful. And is this the kind of um, engagement that that if one were to join you in Spain and eat and drink and be creative, that they would have. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Yes, is that what there is So there'll be time for writing, and there'll be time oh, for reflecting.
1: Day, right. Yes, and I'm happy to share uh, a link with your your listeners. Wonderful. Yes. Every day we're going to be. We're going to be using our senses, and um, we're going to be. Um, we have different themes every day that I've I've created. One of which is creativity, and we're gonna we're gonna look at creativity in our own lives, on the page, and in our and in our lives um, as we um, tour Salvador Dali's garden and museum oh, in Barcelona. Fabulous.
0: So, fabulous, yes.
1: And I wanted to say that um, you know you don't have to have a dramatic story to want to yeah. come take guided autobiography. Most people don't. It, it really, you, you may not even think you have anything worth saying. Trust me, you do because yeah. I'll find it. And every,
0: every, 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 I'll bet you will.
1: Right. Every story <laughs> matters and every life matters.
0: Yeah. And like I say, we all have a story. Always. Always. Um, I joke about writing a book called A Glass of Wine, give somebody a glass of wine and sit back and they'll tell you their story. That's a, and, very and, true. And quite often, I am amazed at the story I hear. And as you know, you know, for years I interviewed folks and, and it, it, no matter what the topic was, it could have been finance, it could have been outdoor equipment, everybody somehow found their way back to a story that they had built their belief off of around the topic we were discussing. And we ended up more spending a lot of time in that place, almost more than right. understanding how they thought or felt about the product or the service. Right. And because, at the end, they were like, wait a minute, what do you mean time's up? And I'm like, <laughs> well, we're, well we're, who knew fishing rods could, you know, elicit such thoughts and feelings? Exactly. Well, and I this, mean, at
1: the end, end of the day, we're all human too. And there are universal experiences we all share. And that when we can tell our stories, it also helps to to bridge some of the differences um, that have polarized a lot of this country and the world.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. So, oh my gosh, Nancy, so much good stuff. Well, speaking of stories and storytelling and folks that we like and that fill our minds and we're inspired by, you and I have often talked about Dan Pink. Yes. Ah, oh, Love Dan he's Pink. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And um, did you know Dan in college? I did not know Dan. He's older than you are. Yeah. I believe so. Okay. So um, Dan, I heard him speak once. I've heard him speak a lot of times. I, if he's speaking, I tend to you know, jump in and take a listen. And one of the things he talked about how, is how he asks a question every day from Deep Talks Daily Questions. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because he uses that as his prompt right. for everyday writing. Mm-hmm. So um, while guided autobiography helps us draw from our own experiences, Deep Talks Daily Questions draw from um, a generated artificial intelligence like a, so there are 365 intriguing queries. So what I thought would be fun and something a little different would be if you were to pick a number, a random number between one and 365, let's see what the question is that the artificial intelligence comes up with for you to ponder. And then would love to hear your thoughts. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's great. I'm going to give you a number
0: right now. Okay, what's your number, Nance? My number is 11. Ah, that's my number. Okay. And the question is from, what toy do you miss?
1: My doll, Sally. (laughs) I remember I I had a doll, Sally, growing up. She had blonde hair and blue eyes, of course, because didn't they all back then? And um, I just... I remember that um, Sally was a wonderful companion, um, and I remember, and I don't know why, I cut off all her hair once, (laughs) and I just, I'm not exactly sure. I don't think this is, you know, uh, this is not such a deep insight at all, but I do miss Sally. I also had a pet monkey, um, a stuffed monkey. My dad had once bought me from a business trip in West Germany, and I really wish I had that monkey still too. Oh,
0: why the monkey? What about the monkey? I
1: love monkeys. I love monkeys. I don't even know that about
0: you. I
1: love monkeys. Yes. I hate. I hate cats. I hate sharks. (laughs) I love
0: monkeys. Okay, good to know.
1: And I love dogs.
0: That's so fun. All righty. Well, sweetheart, as we wrap up, um, we gotta toot our horns and talk just one moment about back to both sides now, having yes. just narrated it. What an honor. What
1: and an I'm wondering extraordinary
0: honor for me that you narrated most. Mm-hmm. Thank now. you. Thank you. Well, we learned together, and that is definitely something that I'm grateful for. And I wonder where folks can find it and give a listen. Um, Both Sides Now is available
1: um, on Amazon, of course, where okay. you can get the uh, hard copy of the book and also download the Audible, which we hope that
0: everybody will do. Leave me with one thing that your mind will be full of as you head off to make dinner. What's something Appreci- you might be-
1: Appreciation. Lately, I've been meditating to um, a prompt from Headspace on appreciation. And I really love thinking about um, the people and the things that I appreciate in my life. It helps me to live more mindfully. It helps me to,
0: um, to be my best self. Mm. Well, yourself is delicious. All right, Nancy, thank you for taking the time to talk to us, to help us have a little bit of insight into ways that we can learn more about ourselves and to fill our minds and our hearts.
1: Thank you so
0: much for having me
1: as a guest.